Have you ever felt like someone wasn't listening to you? Wives, I'm not just talking to you. Stop smiling. I see it. I'm talking to everyone. Everyone's had that feeling, maybe in a conversation, or maybe in some kind of um, ongoing situation, you feel like somebody is not listening to you. If they would just listen to you, things would be different. Parents think that about their children. Am I right? If my kids would just listen, they would understand that I want good for them. If they would just listen to me, they would see how things could work out. Children think the same thing about their parents, don't they? My mom and dad just don't listen to me. Right? Or maybe it's an employee with a boss. My boss, God love her, but she doesn't listen to me at all. And if she would just listen, she would know that I have good intentions, that I want to do good things. But then the boss says the same thing. Man, none of these employees... Listen to me at all. If they would just listen, if they would just listen. You ever been on the phone to try to do like, I don't know, maybe uh, support uh, for your computer or or maybe, I don't want to use companies, but maybe like AT&T? You ever feel like AT&T wasn't listening? And you just want to reach out and touch them? Can you hear me? But have you ever felt like someone wasn't listening to you? Not that our job is so special, but um, if you've ever felt like that, you should try being a preacher. Just saying. I've, uh, you know, you go through the whole week, you read, you pray, you study, you write, you pray more, you read more, you write more, you put something together that you feel like is, is God's word for God's people that week. And you give it to them on Sunday morning. I've had sermons like this where I've just, oh, that was it. I was on it. I was, it, was, it was there. And sure enough, in that trail outside, I've had people come up to me and say, John, that was God speaking to me. That was God telling me what I needed to know. And I have people come up, John, how did you know that I was going through that? John, that, that, that's what I needed to hear. I had people come up to me, John, as you were preaching, I just couldn't help but thinking, that is a neat tie you're wearing. (laughs) Or, you should try being Jesus. Jesus had um, just given this, I think, inspiring, faith-filled Reminder to his disciples and people who are listening that their faith was going to be very important for them in the days to come. Because it may be that in some way they were going to be facing persecution from others on the outside who weren't quite willing to listen to what they were teaching. And that even though they were facing hard, they were going to be facing hard times from people in times to come, that they were supposed to hold on to their faith and know that God was going to see them through. That's a message I hold on to. It's probably something very meaningful for you all as well. And Jesus wraps up that teaching, probably hoping everyone listens. Someone raises his hand in the back and says, Teacher! Tell my brother to give me my money. I don't think he was listening to 
Jesus had to say. And instead of being, I don't know, mad about it or calling this man out, Jesus uses this as a time to teach. And he tells that man and everyone else listening a parable about a man who had apparently done very well for himself. Someone who had gotten a hold of a good strategy for wealth building. Someone who had done well in business and now he has all of his abundance before him. So much so that everything that he's gotten so far doesn't even fit into his barns that he has now. So what does he have to do? He has to tear those down and build bigger barns. And he gets to that point point. he thinks, wow, I've made it. Kind of funny, I think Luke's being um, facetious a little bit. He talks to his soul, he says, soul, now all you got to do is sit back and relax for years to come. God steps into the parable and says, you fool. Just talking, some of you had a chance uh, to, to meet my dad last week. They, all, they were all visiting. And I was talking to him this week over the phone. And we were talking about this parable. And he said, you know what I realized about that parable? Is that if God calls you a fool, do you know what you are? A fool. Bank on that. If God calls you a fool, you are a fool. Now, as we look at that parable, it begs to ask, what made this man a fool? Was it his abundance? Was it everything he had worked for? Was it everything that he had collected? I don't think so. I think as things go, you, it's hard to be a fool and to do that well. You have to be pretty smart, actually, right? You've got to be a creative. You've got to have vision to do that well. Was it his barns? Was the fact that he had to make bigger barns, did that make him a fool? I don't think so. Maybe he thought in his mind, I want to let this stuff go to waste. You don't just leave it out there. His bigger barns not what made him a fool, but according to Jesus, what made him a fool is that he was not rich toward God. Are you listening? He was not rich toward God. And apparently for this man in this story, everything that he had worked for, everything that he had collected, everything that he stored up, everything that he was planning on for for many years to come, was for himself. And all for himself. He wasn't rich towards God. Now hopefully, if, if you hear that phrase and you read that story, you ask another question, well, what does it mean to be rich toward God? And I suppose it could mean a lot of things, but at the very basic level, we've got to say, well, not like that fool was. And so if... Jesus' mark against this man is that he is all for himself. Maybe that reminds us that we should not be all for ourselves. But even more than that, I think it's a recognition that God is first. How many times in the story 
does God come into this man's thoughts? Zero. How many times does a man wonder, I wonder what God wants me to do with everything I've stored up? How many times does a rich man say, thank you, God, for all you've given to me. I want to figure out how I want to do good for you now. How many times? So it seems that being rich toward God, part of being rich toward God is making sure that God is first. Not ourselves. And then the other part of that is understanding that everything that we have been given is to be used for God. If not, God says, you're a fool. And if God says you're a fool, what does that mean? You're a fool. John Wesley once said in one of his sermons, he commended the United Methodists or Methodists to earn all you can. And we hear that and we think, yeah, that's a good idea. We like to earn all we can. And so we'll work overtime, we'll put in hour after hour, we'll get creative, we'll find ways to earn all we can. But John Wesley also said, you earn all you can, and you save all you can. And we hear that, think, John Wesley, that's pretty smart. You know, we want to put some away for those many years to come, so that we can be comfortable, that things will be taken care of. We're not all that good at it, but we try. But John Wesley didn't stop there, those of you who remember. Right? Earn all you can. Save all you can. You know what he said to do last? Give all you can. Well, John Wesley, now you're just meddling, right? Now you're telling me what to do with my money, right? And you realize he never said give all you want to give, right? Give all you can. I think John Wesley understood what it meant to be rich toward God. He's a man who set an income for himself to live off of, off of. And as his ministry grew and as the church grew and as he wrote more books and was selling things, you know what he did with his income that he lived off of? Nothing. As more money came in, he didn't add to that. Yeah, but John, that's, that's hard to do. There's no way I can do that. I'm not telling you it's easy. Not even tell you that I do it. But when God calls us a fool, guess what we are? And I think we all have these conversations with ourselves like the rich man does did, right? We have this conversation, we have everything before us, we think, hmm, what do I do? And maybe in some of that conversation we think, yeah, but I mean, I'm not rich, you know? I only have this or, or this. I'm not like them. But I'm going to give you a reminder that it's estimated over half the world's population lives on less than $2 a day. So you know what that makes you and I? We're pretty rich. But I want to tell you this, friends. That Jesus is not teaching us about 
or even how to take care of money, or even really what to do with it. He's teaching something about us. One of the world's greatest Bible verses, or at least one of the most popular ones, is John 3.16, right? You probably have it memorized, many of you do. For God so loved the world that he gave to us a high-yielding investment fund. Wrong translation? Different one. See, you realize God changed the world and it didn't cost a dime. Friends, this is not about money. It's about priority. It's about concern. It's about committing our lives to be about God's work. It's all God wants. God gave us the greatest gift there was, and it had nothing to do with money, but it gave each one of us life. New life today and everlasting life one day. What are we willing to do with what God's given us? When we have these conversations with ourselves, is it our priority? Or is it God's priority first? I want to close with a, a conversation I read this week. A conversation between a young, ambitious man and an older, wiser man who, who knew, already knew about life. The young man said, I can't wait to go learn my trade. The old man said to him, or asked him, Well, you learn your trade, and then what? Well, the young man said, I'll go and make my money and I'll start my own business and I will do well for myself. And the old man asked him, then what? Well, I'll keep working and I'll get more and one day I'll be able to retire. Then what? Well, Supposing I do very well for myself, I'll be able to live off that for the rest of my life, everything I've made in my work lifetime, my career. And the old man asked him, then what? Well, I suppose one day I'll die. But the old man asked, then what? Are you listening? If you're listening, we should pray. Because too often our lives have come about to be about what we want to do and what we want to have in life. But God has given us so much that our priority as God's people should be what God wants for us. So let's pray. Well, loving God, we come to you this time recognizing that quite often being rich toward you is not on our agenda at all. We ask, God, that as we confess that to you and uh, be honest with you and ourselves about it, that you would forgive us. But that you would also, by the power of your Holy Spirit, fill us with a new kind of faith and a new kind of assurance that if we commit ourselves to being rich toward you, God, you will take care of us. 
Help us, God, to have trust, faith, and the assurance of your presence with us each and every day so that we can live lives that are not foolish but rich towards you. In Jesus' name, amen.